Alrighty then, welcome to CITR 101.9 FM. Right now you are listening to The Real World. Today on the panel we've got, as usual, DJ Shock Jockey, a.k.a. James, a.k.a. The Poor Man's Hero, but you can call me whichever you like. That one's new. Indeed it is. Uh, we also have Quincy with us today. Hello, Quincy. Hi, James and everybody. Alrighty then. So, today, uh, well, this week at the Norm Theater, we have a certain film playing that you may have heard of. It's called Birdman, also known as The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. came out last year. It was directed by Mexican director, and I really hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Alejandro González Iñárritu. Uh, yeah, it was quite was the good, good film. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I wasn't really n- knowing what to expect when I mm-hmm. went in. Uh, a lot of talk of it being a superhero film. Mm-hmm which I guess it kind of was, but it was much more of a psychological film, which I really loved. I thought mm-hmm. the psychological aspects of it were fantastic. Mm, yeah. For any of our listeners who don't know what it's about, it uh, stars Michael Keaton, who plays this actor by the name of Riggan Thompson. Uh, Riggan Thompson, about 20 years ago, starred in a series of successful films that were superhero films uh, called Birdman. So you can see it's sort of playing on Michael Keaton's uh, role in real life as Batman in the early 90s. Um, and in this film, he is starring in a Broadway play, an adaptation of a Raymond Carver play. Uh, I believe it was what we talk about when we talk about love. Uh, and he's just sort of trying to prove that instead of just this regular Hollywood superhero actor, he's actually a legitimately good actor. And yeah, the film is sort of about his attempts to do that as he sort of goes through a mental degradation of sorts as well. Interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, just a lot of kind of... You're not sure what's real, you're not sure what's not real, you're not sure what's part of his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Norton's kind of got mm-hmm. the insanity of every actor <laughs> flowing through him in that film. Very much a sort of riff on uh, a lot of the stuff said about Edward Norton in real life as well. Apparently, even though he's a very good actor, he's very hard to work with, uh, similar to the character. Really? I've not heard that. I mean, I've heard that quite a few yeah, times. Huh. Apparently, because he played the Hulk back in 2008, and mm-hmm. the uh, Marvel producers wanted him to keep playing that but he wanted complete creative control over the character, which uh, (laughs) he basically said, if I can't have that, I'm out, which is why Mark Ruffalo now plays the Hulk. Okay, what? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's also interesting because the film was uh, at least made to look like it was shot entirely in one shot, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of creating a bit more of a theatrical vibe with that as well, Uh, in in terms of theater, obviously, not the cinema. Um, But yeah, it's obviously not done in one shot. That's very hard to do. Um, But many of the sort of cuts are edited very well so that you don't know. Super smooth, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, And just like so quick, befitting of the backstage of a Mm. Broadway theater house. Mm, That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of jumping around in small hallways and small Mm -hmm. kind of backstage areas. Mm, Yeah. A lot of planning must have gone into the film. Yeah. Yeah, it won uh, Best Cinematography for that, which it was uh, well-deserved, in my opinion, at the Academy Awards. It also won uh, Best Director and Best Picture, believe it or not. I believe it won a Screenplay Award as well. It did. It won Best Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Cleaned up, it looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. So I think right now we're going to go ahead and play our first song of the day. Uh, this one's called Superman's Dead by uh, Toronto band Our Lady Peace. And I hope you enjoy it, and we will see you back here on The Real World. Will you worry beyond that light? 
All right, you just listened to Superman's Dead by Our Lady Peace. Uh, the reason why we chose that song was because it was sort of about the ideal uh, superhero from the 40s, the serial, like, uh, you know, Superman from serials and Batman and stuff like that, and how that superhero had sort of died off in the 90s. Uh, this was in the age when Michael Keaton was starring in uh, the first two, well, not the first two, they were the second and third Batman films, but... Uh, some of the more famous Batman films. Um, for any of our viewers who haven't seen them, they're quite good. Uh, it certainly, I think, is a much more enjoyable experience watching Birdman if you've seen those films because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Michael Keaton and Regan Thompson are very much the sort of same person, just a different name. And, yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, so, yeah, Birdman is playing at the Norm this week. Uh, it's going to be playing at 7 and 9.30, I believe. Every night except Sunday, that is. Um, so yeah, you should hit that up. And it's our last, chance. our last screening of the year. That's right. Well, not for the rest of 2015, but the academic. Yeah. Year. Yeah. So you want to make sure you come out and see this one. Otherwise, you're just gonna have to wait until September to see films at the Norm. Which I mean, who wants to do that? Really? Mm -hmm. So make sure you go see Birdman. And yeah, I think it's fitting that we're playing 2015's or 2014's best movie mm -hmm. as our last movie of the academic year as you yep. said and I don't know I, in terms of things to talk about for the mm -hmm. film the meta aspects of it were I mean the fact that it won best picture was almost perfectly fitting mm. for even Michael Keaton even though he didn't win best actor mm -hmm. kind of he achieved the same kind of notoriety from it as mm, Regan right. Thompson Tommen does in the film mm, yeah yeah it was fantastic mm-hmm for any of our listeners who haven't seen the film, and I don't want to spoil the film too much, uh, Riggin ends up getting some sort of praise for the play he performs, uh, which is very much what has happened to Michael Keaton in the uh, past few months as well. Um, he's been missing from Hollywood for quite a few years. Only in the last year or two did he start to try to make a bit of a comeback. He was in uh, last year's RoboCop remake, which was uh, abysmal. I don't recommend that for anyone. Um, and then I'm pretty sure he did another film or two last year as well uh, before he did Birdman. He was in Need for Speed. That's right, yes. Uh, well, I didn't see that, but oh well. Mm, I mean, neither. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was also in Noah. Really? That's what I'm getting. Mm -hmm. Was he any... I'm I mean, obviously, he's oh. a biblical character. No, it was um, Bill Boyce's Noah. Bill Boyce's yeah, Noah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I feel <laughs> like that was probably made by a small church somewhere. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> But yeah, so I think one of my favorite things about Birdman was definitely the um, the one-shot aesthetic they were going for. It certainly helped to create the more um, sort of play-like feel of the film. Uh, sort of Riggins' uh, play that he was performing, the Carver play, This is very, Birdman is very much like Keaton's equivalent of that as well. Uh, and the one-shot thing, I mean, I'm a big fan of films like Rope, which is uh, an Alfred Hitchcock film that was also made to be done entirely in one shot. Uh, that was, however, at the time shot on film. I believe that came out in 1948. So they couldn't do that in exactly one shot. So they'd have scenes where, like, the camera would move behind a pole, and that's where the cut would be when they had to change the film reels, because you could only shoot maybe 10 minutes or so of film back mm -hmm. then. Uh, yeah, it was uh, quite an enjoyable film. I saw it uh, twice while it was still in theaters. I'll be watching it again when it plays in the norm. Uh, definitely one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, not my favorite, but I'd probably say top three. Uh, yeah, it was in my top three, most definitely. I enjoyed it a great deal, and I didn't even see it in theaters. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like my only qualm would be... 
I mean, we don't want to spoil the ending, but the ending yeah. did kind of, like, rattle me a little. That's fair. Um, Emma Stone's character, I thought, didn't really add anything to the oh, yeah? plot. Yeah. I would say I quite enjoyed her, actually. I'm not normally that much of an Emma Stone fan, but I thought she was definitely one of the better performers in the film. And I can kind of see your point in that I feel like if she wasn't in the film, there wouldn't be that much of a difference. Yeah. But I can't say that I was um, sort of annoyed at any point by her presence in the film. I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Zach Galifianakis was terrific. He was. I would say arguably his best cast role. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Step aside the hangover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in more things like this. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Do you know of anything he's got coming up in the next episode? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Checking on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a film called Masterminds and Tulip Fever coming up this year. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, that could be pretty good. Yeah. I also uh, recently rewatched uh, Michael Keaton's two Batman films, uh, Batman released in 1989 and Batman Returns released in 1992. Uh, both of them are quite good films. Uh, the first one is one of my favorite of the Batman series. Um, I'm a rather large Batman fan. I grew up reading the comics and all. Um, and yeah, it's uh, really just a good film. It uh, isn't as good as the Nolan films, in my opinion, but it's still very enjoyable. The uh, second film, I'd only actually seen once as a kid, and I hated it because it was a very scary film for a five-year-old to watch. Uh, and I'd never watched it again until just a few nights ago. And while it's certainly different, uh, Tim Burton, who's the director of the first two films, definitely takes some liberties with the characters. Uh, he, and as well as just the general aesthetic, he changes Batman in quite a large way. It's still a rather good film in a sort of Tim Burton sense. It's a very gothic tale. Uh, if you enjoy that sort of style, I would definitely recommend checking them both out. And yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I need to watch them. I do like a good Batman film. And I've... Mm-hmm. Shameful I've not seen them. Ah, well. Well, still summer's coming up. Yeah. Some free time. A lot of time to watch Batman. Mm hmm. All right, so now I think we're going to go ahead and play another song. Uh, this time I think we're going to be playing Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas because Clint Eastwood is, of course, another superstar, superhero of the cinema. I mean, is there anything the man can't do? Mm hmm. Well, anyways, uh, <laughs> we'll figure that out while we're playing this song. We'll come back to you in a few minutes on The Real World. I am happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on. I ain't happy, I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless, but not for long. The future is coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on. Finally, someone let me out of my cage. Now, time for me is nothing, cause I'm counting no A's. Nah, I couldn't be there. Nah, you shouldn't be scared. I'm good at repairs, and I'm under each snare. Intangible, bet you didn't think so. I command you to panoramic view. Look, I'll make it all manageable. Pick and choose, sit and lose, all you different crews. Chicks and dudes, who you think is really kicking tunes? Picture you getting down in a pit of two. Like you lit the fuse. You think it's fictional, mystical, maybe. 
spiritual hero who appears in you to clear your view when yeah. you're too crazy. Lifeless to those with definition for what life is. Priceless to you because I put you on the hype shit. You like it? Gun smoke, you're righteous with one token. Psychic among no possess you with one go. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless. Not for long, the future is coming on and hopping. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless, but not for long, the future is coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. The essence, the basics. Without it, you make it. Allow me to make this childlike in nature. Rhythm, you have it or you don't. That's a fallacy. I'm in them. Every sprouting tree, every child of peace, every cloud and sea. You see with your eyes and see destruction and demise, corruption in disguise from this fucking enterprise. Now I'm sucked into your lives through rust, so not as muscle, but percussion to provide for me as a guide. Y'all can see me now 'cause you don't see with your eye. You perceive with your mind. That's the inner. So I'ma stick around with rust and be a Mentor, but a few rounds of motherfuckers remember what the thought is. I brought all this so you could survive when law is lawless. Right Feeling sensations that you thought was dead. No squealing, remember that it's all in your head. Hey, happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. I'm useless. Not for long, the future is coming on. Hey, happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. disease. My diagnosis has let me get on with my life my way. The more we learned about my grandfather's dementia, the more we could face the future and make plans. My husband Tom and I spoke to our doctor right away. I have Alzheimer's, but it doesn't have me. I faced it. So can you. For more information about early diagnosis, visit alzheimer.ca.
After decades of decline, drowning fatalities have been rising dramatically in Canada since 2004. Most drowning victims had no intention of going in the water and harmless situations can become dangerous quickly. This summer, if you're going out on the water, even if you're not planning on going in it, be water smart and be prepared. Here are some things you can do to reduce your risk of drowning. Learn to swim and swim to survive. If you can tread water for a minute, you can orient yourself, and if you can swim 50 meters in a pool, you'll most likely be able to swim to safety in open water. Most drowning fatalities occur within just 15 meters of safety. Wear a life jacket or personal flotation device. 80% of all boating deaths were people who were not wearing one. Take a marine safety course, and if you're going kayaking or canoeing, know how to get out of your craft if it flips over. Practice basic safety moves such as wet exits and self-rescues. Save the alcohol for dry land after you're done playing on the water. And never go out alone. For more information and more safety tips, go to lifesaving.bc.ca. Alrighty then, welcome back to the real world on CITR 101.9 FM. And for all those who don't know, that's R-E-E-L-W-H-I-R-L-E-D, just in case you were confused. Alrighty then. So, uh, Birdman was directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu. Uh, he is a Mexican director. He's been around since the late 90s, I believe. Uh, I've seen two of his other films, um, Amores Poros, which was his first film, which translates roughly to Life's a Bitch, as well as uh, Babel, which was his third film. Uh, which came out in 2006, and Amortis Pros was 1998, I believe. 2000, I'm getting. Well, I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> and then he had uh, 21 Grams, which was 2001 or 2002. And then uh, four years after Babel in 2010, he had Beautiful, which was with Javier Bardem, I believe, who was mm -hmm. nominated for Best Actor. And then he had uh, Birdman uh, just last year. So, yeah, uh, Amores Pros, which was his first film, I watched a few years back. Uh, it was recommended to me by a friend of mine who was a big fan of Inuritu. Uh It's a very good film, but it is an incredibly rough film. It tells the story of these three separate people living in Mexico City who are each connected by two things. One, their love of dogs, and two, a car accident they're all involved in. And the car accident is, uh, while some of them uh, are sort of very roughly hurt in it. They're going to take many months to sort of heal. Um, and some of them just like, you know, they're just a bystander or something like that. Uh, one thing that they all sort of have in common is their dogs all go through a really bad time in the film. This is not a film for any dog lovers out there. Um, but nonetheless, it is certainly a very well-made film. And watching it left me uh, excited to see more of his other films. Um, the next film I watched by him was uh, Babel. Uh, I remember Babel was nominated for for a few Academy Awards back in the day. I don't think it actually won any, though, um, which is actually good in my opinion because I didn't very like Babel that much. It's uh, sort of similar to Amores Pros. It's about uh, four separate stories um, all over the world and how they're all connected by one event, that of a, a young kid in, I can't remember what country, somewhere in the Middle East. In Morocco. It, yeah, I mm -hmm. thought it was in, like, Iraq or... Yeah. Maybe Saudi Arabia, but um, Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett's story, I think, happens in Morocco. Mm, okay. When they get mm -hmm. shot yeah. at by the young young kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Kate Blanchett's character uh, is sort of hit by the bullet. The tour bus she's on 
has to stop and they're sort of running out of gas they're just in the middle of the desert they're all very panicky and then uh, their children who are back in uh, America I can't remember whereabouts but somewhere close to Mexico mm -hmm. uh, the nanny that's taking care of them her son is getting married down in Mexico so, so she sneaks them over the border to go to the wedding with them uh, and then her story is about just trying to get back over the border with them as well and then there is a young girl played by Rinko Kikuchi uh, in Japan. Um, the gun that was used to shoot Kate Blanchett was sold to that family by a friend of Rinko Kikuchi's family. Anyways, uh, she is a deaf girl who's sort of having her sexual coming of age. Uh, she has a lot of frustration over this. And uh, while I would say it's, it's certainly not a bad film, I felt like it was a bit too ambitious for my taste. Uh, it's just, it's a little too sprawling. Um, perhaps uh, re-watching it now I find I, I might find I enjoy it more, but m as my memory stands, I can't really say it's a film I would recommend. Uh, yeah. You saw it as well, though, Quincy. Uh, I watched it years ago, like I think in 2007 or something, so I can't remember it all that well. But I remember enjoying it. I remember it being like a hefty watch and like it taking a while and you having to work a lot while watching it mm, that's just right. a lot of things happening and just trying to keep all the links together mm -hmm. but I mean that's what you get with a film called Babel all about kind of like mm. the spread like I don't know I watching re-watching it now I'd be looking out for things about language all the way through which I don't remember mm -hmm. too much but some fantastic shots at least one I remember I don't know my teenage mind mm -hmm. holds dear is the in the Japanese segment in I'm not sure where they are, they're in some sort of diner. Mm, yeah. And this deaf girl oh, is I kind of like yeah. yeah. Looking across the room, mm -hmm. flashing people. And it's just kind of all very kinda of like subtly done, but in a very kind of like mm, kind yeah, of like powerful way, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Brad Pitt I remember I've never been a massive Brad Pitt fan, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think he pulled it off in this. Yeah, he certainly doesn't do a bad job. He's very enjoyable. As and well as Kate uh, Blanchett, yeah, who is an actress I quite like. Gael Garcia Bernal as well, who I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of. He was also mm -hmm. in Amores Perros. Mm, yeah, he was one of the three main characters. And yeah. Very good in that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. No, and I think... I don't know. I remember enjoying it. I need to... I mean to rewatch it. Fair enough. Yeah. Who knows? Perhaps we'll play it in the norm next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he had uh, two other films as well, 21 Grams and Beautiful, uh, neither of which I've seen. I don't believe you've seen them either, no. Quincy. No, well, but um, from 21 Grams, what I've heard about it is it was sort of the film that he broke through. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's uh, similar to both Amores Pros and Babel, a film about um, just sort of many different people that are connected through a few strands. Uh, gambling is a major theme in this film, as well as uh, sort of international drug dealing, if I'm correct. Uh, I believe Benicio Del Toro is one of the main characters. Who's He's a great actor. I love watching him in just about anything. And then uh, Beautiful, which came out five years ago now, which I also didn't see, but it had Javier Bardem. Mm -hmm. uh, he was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, and, yeah, it's, from, I mean, from what I've heard, it's quite a good film, and Javier Bardem always turns in a good job. He, he'd already won an Academy Award by this point for the Coen Brothers' No yeah. Country for Old Men. Um, but yeah, they're both films that I should definitely be checking out soon. Now that and I've seen uh, Birdman, absolutely, yeah, uh, beautiful in the, kind of in the same vein as Birdman. It's about a man who kind of who lives life on Earth, but is able to see his own death. So mm. he kind of like that's what guides everything he does. Oh, okay. um, but in that same kind of way, like uh, Riggins' madness in Birdman mm. is kind of the same. Mm, it's yeah. kind of it shapes the way he acts, but 
it's a very psychological thing, but it, it shapes absolutely the way he acts mm-hmm. in that playhouse, kind mm-hmm. of around his daughter, around everybody, around Ed Norton. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I, I mean to watch Beautiful as well. Mm, yeah. yeah, sort of the uh, resentment he has over his sort of perception in the uh, field of art. Uh, just sort of builds up throughout the film um, mm-hmm. as sort of him speaking to uh, the Birdman character that he played in his uh, films from 20 years ago and eventually starting to believe he has superpowers and things like that. But maybe he does. It's all ambiguous. You never yeah. know. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. I think we are going to go ahead and play another song. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about the Oscars for the rest of the show, not just this year's Oscars in particular, but just the Oscars in general and our feelings on that. And for anyone who missed the most recent Oscars, uh, there was a bit where Lady Gaga came out and she sung a few songs from The Sound of Music. It was quite enjoyable. So we're going to go ahead and play one of my favorite of uh, Lady Gaga's new songs. Uh, This is called Do What You Want. You spelt as the letter U because, you know, that's just how we do it, or that's just how Lady Gaga does it. And it also features... um, one of music's sort of great auteurs, I would argue, Mr. <laughs> R. Kelly. So I hope you all enjoy this, and we will see you back here on The Real World.
Mr. For Magic. It gives me great pleasure to welcome each and every one of you to the final of the 422nd Quidditch World Cup. Let the match begin! That's right, UBC has a Quidditch team and we're the fastest ones yet. Come join us at practice every Thursday at 5 and Sunday at 12 to show us your house pride. You can also get on our level with our Quidditch swag. We have bro tanks, t-shirts and sunglasses, all which go towards getting us to the World Cup. Not sure where to find the snitch? Well like us on Facebook or check out our website at ubcquidditch.com and we'll be more helpful than you'll remember all. And remember, we want a nice clean game from all of you. Alrighty then, you are back on the real world on CITR 101.9 FM. To any of our audience who may or may not be able to hear me right now, you're back on the real world at CITR 101.9 FM. We were just having some mic troubles there, but you know what? It's all good now. Anyways, Birdman won, uh, I think, four Oscars at the Academy Awards this last year. It won Best Picture, Best Directing. Uh, best original screenplay and best cinematography as well. So it did a bit of a cleaning up there, it seems. Um, but I think now we're just going to talk for a little while about the Oscars and our just sort of general dissatisfaction with them. Uh, yeah, Quincy, do you have anything to say? Um, I mean, every year when the Oscars roll around, I love watching them in film society, kind of having a potluck, seeing who wins, mm -hmm. talking about talking about the gowns and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, ultimately, though. I think it's kind of a stupid institution. I think any kind of award, like, as kind of, I don't know, political as the Oscars can be, mm -hmm. is a stupid institution. But I guess I kind of, maybe I'm just applying my own kind of, like, my own kind of dissatisfaction with, like, standardized testing in education. Mm, I feel like it's a similar thing. I think it's pretty arbitrary, and I think it's used in a way to propel people to stardom and propel films to, like, grand success. Mm. And because of the kind of, I guess, capital involved in it, it's very, very political and pretty corrupt, I think. Mm. I stand with Joaquin on this one. I believe Joaquin's, uh, I'm referring to Joaquin Phoenix, of course, I believe his opinion is that he just does not care about the Oscars at all and hasn't mm. ever attended them, I believe. Uh, he was at this one, wasn't he? I can't remember if he was. I certainly don't remember seeing him on the red carpet. No, I, remember, I think I remember seeing him in the audience. Hmm. And he's certainly been nominated a few times. He's never won, though. But, yeah, I mean, the Oscars, I mean, it's just sort of a group of, I believe, 60 or 70, mostly old white men, um, who are just sort of, you know, we sort of give them the honor, I guess, of choosing what's supposedly the best films of the year in certain So are they the Academy? I'm still hazy They're on who the, the Academy. Academy is. Okay. The Academy of uh, Motion Pictures and Sciences. I'm not exactly sure how you get selected to be in this, but they're all uh, appointed. They've all worked in the film industry in some regard in the past. I believe some were producers, some mm -hmm. were critics, some were executives and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, they just kind of sit around most of the time. Uh, they get sent all the films. They watch them all, uh, all the documentaries and the shorts as well. And uh, it's only through them that they vote on what's going to win. So basically every year come late February, early March, we're waiting to see what they thought of uh, all the films of the year, which is 
really quite disappointing, I would say. Like, for instance, um, Best Actress this year went to Julianne Moore for Still Alice. Now, admittedly, I've not seen Still Alice, uh, and I do quite like Julianne Moore. She's a very good actress. I'm happy that she has won an Oscar finally. But I don't know if this was the film she necessarily should have won it for. Uh, admittedly, once again, I haven't seen the film. But it's about a uh, professor who gets Alzheimer's. Uh, it's a little bit of an Oscar baity film. Usually, any film where someone gets some sort of disease or disability, mm -hmm. something like that, they tend to be very something popular. Something degenerative, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Say compared to, um, say, Rosamund Pike, who was in Gone Girl, uh, she did a fantastic job. I feel like, and while she did garner a nomination, I feel like she maybe had the chance to win. Uh, for also another actress who I think probably deserved the role the most, uh, Marion Cotillard for her role in Two Days, One Night, the Darden Brothers' new film from Belgium. Uh, she was absolutely fantastic in that. Uh, and admittedly, yes, she has won an Oscar as well for a French film, too, surprisingly, because they don't really win too many films, mm -hmm. um, uh, at least in the actress uh, and actor regards and all that. But still, I mean, it seems like they're not giving it to um, what most people would agree is the best, just sort of what they agree is the best, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's strange. There's always some controversy over an Oscar ceremony. I guess this year the big one was probably Birdman winning mm. best film. That's fair. A lot of people had Boyhood pegged mm. just because of its kind of, I guess, grandeur, its ambition. Mm -hmm. um, and while I enjoyed Boyhood a lot and thought that it was like a cool way to do a film, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm very happy Birdman won. I thought that was a That's good fair. choice on their part. Mm -hmm. I would say that I did quite enjoy Birdman a lot. I don't think it deserved best picture. Uh, I must admit, I do think it deserved Best Actor as well. Eddie Redmayne won for The Theory of Everything this year, another sort of Oscar baity film. Um, but yeah, I would say, while Boyhood was quite good and I did enjoy it quite a bit, I don't know if it necessarily was the Best Picture of the year, so I don't think it should have won that. I would say the film that should have won, in my opinion, would probably have been Whiplash. Uh, okay, yeah, the, actually, that's fair. I love yeah. Whiplash. It was, uh, for those who don't know, <coughs> Whiplash was a film starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Uh, J.K. Simmons is a sort of jazz uh, instructor, uh, Miles Teller, his new student who plays the drums. And it's just the tales of uh, ambition and just doing what you want to do just to be the best at what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it was like a critical darling, and it was just simply phenomenal. And it did win uh, Best Supporting Actor for J.K. Simmons, uh, well-deserved. But, I mean, other than that, it wasn't really... Like, it deserved much more praise, I feel like. I genuinely do think it was the best film of the year, bar none. And it's just, just a shame that um, Birdman won instead. I mean, a very good film and one that will be remembered for decades to come, but arguably not the most deserving. Is Whiplash a film that would have won best film, though? It was like, I hadn't heard about it until mm -hmm. Oscar season, really, even. I think so. Like, I saw it when it came out at the... Uh, I've not heard of Damien Chazelle, either. Well, this was his first film. Okay. Right? He'd only made one short film before this. And, uh, yeah, it swept a bunch of festivals and just was a bit of a sleeper hit. Like, it was a film that, like, no one had heard of, but everyone fell in love with as soon mm -hmm. as they saw. Uh, J.K. Simmons being in it helped quite a bit. He's uh, sort of established a bit of a sort of cult... Of, not quite a cult of personality, but he definitely has a, a very recognizable face and voice. Uh, yeah. People are always happy when he turns up in things. And I would say, like, without J.K. Simmons, the film definitely wouldn't have as much, oh, yeah. uh, like, fame as it did. As it did, but nonetheless, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I mean, like the Oscars, like I always enjoy the pomp and circumstance of it. As Quincy mentioned, it's always fun to get together with your friends and just sort of like have a potluck, see what everyone's wearing. Yeah, you know? reading your tweets or reading your, your oh, statuses yeah. every year. 
Yeah, for my listeners who are uh, sorry, our listeners who don't know, um, DJ Shock Jockey uh, makes a sort of um, Facebook. Uh, what would be the term I would use? I guess sort of a live Facebooking of the event. Uh, I'm considering switching it up to Twitter next year because Twitter is probably the better handle to use it. But you know, we'll see. The Oscars yeah. are still a long way away. And admittedly, that's always fun. It's very fun to do this sort of every year. I would say I always say that the Oscars are my favorite day of the year. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, the Oscars are always just kind of disappointing, though. This year in particular was mm-hmm. one of my least favorite Oscar ceremonies in recent years. Yeah, there's. I guess it's kind of just feels like once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Yeah, that's a fair way to describe it. Uh, the red carpet, it's always kind of act as and actresses being yelled at by mm. the press. Mm, yeah. And then they're inside and some, I don't know, likable host kind of does something funny. Mm-hmm. And then one of the, one of like the, what are they called? The mm-hmm. people um, announcing. Oh, the, the announcers. The announcers, yeah. One of the announcers kind of mucks up. Like mm-hmm. this year, what was it? Um, John Travolta was acting strange. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is what I heard. Well, I mean, John Travolta is just a strange guy in general. But yeah, he was, he was certainly very odd this year. For mm-hmm. anyone who might not know, he was kissing Scarlett Johansson on the red carpet, like on the cheek which was a bit awkward, and then he got up and presented some award with uh, Adina Menzel, who she wrote the song Let It Go for the film Frozen, which you've probably heard way too many times and don't want to remember, so I'm sorry for that. But, um, yeah, he was presenting an award with her, and he was, like, squishing her face. Like, he's like, oh, aren't you just the cutest kind of thing? Which is, like, that's eh, a little creepy, but yeah. what can you do? I mean, it's always kind of fun to see stuff like that, but... I mean, other than that, it's every year I return, it's just like, how am I going to be disappointed this year? Kind of. Thing. Yeah, there's always the shot of Harvey Weinstein up oh, in his balcony. Yeah. That's right. People thanking him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but always kind of, there's always a disappointment. Mm. But there are always good things as well. There are always people to be happy for. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Patricia Arquette, mm-hmm. best supporting actress, that was, I mean, well-deserved. She was fantastic in Boyhood. Mm, that's right. As the mother. Um, PTA could be... Seeing more love, I guess that will be blooded well, but I think that's the only one of the films that has won any Oscars yeah. though, and it was just uh, cinematography, best actor, and I think that's it actually. Just for yeah, that yeah. He was nominated for a few others, but I think it yeah, was the that's only probably nominated for best. Okay, um, but this year, Inherent Vice was nominated for best adapted screenplay, and I think best costume design as well. Yeah, something like that, mm-hmm. and one ne- yeah, one neither. Yeah, hopefully whatever PTA's next film is, whenever it comes out, who knows. Uh, hopefully that'll get some more nominations and hopefully even wins, but we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, anyways, I think we're going to go ahead and play another song. Uh, as we were in the making of this show, as we will say, we discovered that uh, the first band we played, uh, Toronto band Our Lady Peace, has a song, in fact, called The Birdman. So we're going to go ahead and play that for you right now. And we hope you enjoy it here on The Real World.
right, you are back on the real world on CITR 101.9 FM. All right, we just have a few minutes left, so I think we're going to talk about the Oscars a little bit more, and then we will head on out. All righty then, so have you seen anything in this year in particular you think you might get nominated for the Oscars? For the Oscars? I guess it's still pretty relatively early in the year. Mm. Um, I would hope Force Majeure. Mm, yeah. Oh, I guess that was 2014. Maybe that it was, was. Yeah. yeah it was, no. A lot of people thought that it should have gotten nominated for best foreign film. Yeah. Year, but it, it didn't, unfortunately. Yeah. It um, was Sweden's entry for the year, but it just didn't make the final mm-hmm. cut. Uh, yeah. I can't really think of anything. It's been a quiet couple months so far in terms mm-hmm. of movie watching. Yeah, there hasn't really been. I mean, it is like quite early in the year. Yeah. We're just getting into the summer blockbuster season now, and I mean, you maybe get a couple of technical nominations for those, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as of films I've seen recently, uh, I saw this one horror film called It Follows, which was quite good. Oh, yeah, I had good things about that. Yeah, it was very much a throwback to sort of 80s horror films, mm-hmm. uh, just a golden soundtrack. That was the best part of the film for sure. Cool. Uh, I doubt it'll get nominated for any Oscars, but who knows? It could end up in a few uh, award ceremonies. Nonetheless, it was quite the enjoyable film. Uh, I did see another film recently that could get nominated for Best Animated Feature. But I really hope it doesn't win because it was absolutely horrible. What uh, film was that? It was called Home. It starred, uh, what's his name? Jim Parsons from The Big Bang oh, Theory. As well as Rihanna. Yeah, it was not Rihanna's fun at all. Well, weird. Yeah, she is uh, not, I mean, not necessarily a horrible actress, but if she never acted again, I certainly would not be complaining. Yeah. Yeah, but I do not recommend any of our listeners watch that film unless you like absolute crap. Steve Martin as well, and J-Lo. Yeah, oh yeah, J-Lo was in it too. She was Rihanna's mother. Oof. <laughs> yeah. And there's probably, what, like a, a seven, maybe eight year age difference between yeah. them? But oh well. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it's, it's not that good. Yeah, I don't intend to see that. <laughs> Yeah, what have we got uh, coming up in the next little while? Well, I know the uh, the Cinematheque, the Pacific Cinematheque, which is a sort of art house uh, theater downtown. Uh, they have some quite good stuff there. They've got a series coming up uh, in the next little while called Painting with Film, it looks like, the Cinema of Stillness. Uh, they've got a bunch of good stuff playing here, so you should be checking some of that out. We're going to be talking about some of those films in the coming weeks, it looks like. They've got stuff like... Uh, some French New Wave things, Hiroshima Monomora and Last Year at Marion Bad by Alan Rene. I know I'm quite looking forward to Last Year at Marion Bad. That could be pretty good. Uh, it looks like a David Lynch film is going to be in there as well, The Elephant Man. Mm, that's one I haven't seen. That could be quite good. Yeah, I like The Elephant Man a lot. It's a good film. Yeah. Also, in terms of talking about It Follows, it's, it's coming soon at Van City Theatre. Oh, actually, no, I think it, well, it might, if that's the case, it's coming back again, because yeah. I know it played there for a few okay. days already. And a film called Girlhood, which... Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Uh, my roommate's quite looking forward to it. Um, not related to boyhood, as far as I'm Okay, yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that would be cool. Mm. Um, but, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good stuff coming up. So, mm, yeah. this time next week, we'll probably be talking about that Some series of the Cinematheque. Or mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. You'll just have to uh, tune in next week at 8 a.m. on CITR 101.9 mm-hmm. FM to find out. And don't be afraid to call in. Uh, we are going to learn how to work these phones for you guys, and we will be taking calls. So, yeah, uh, I'm DJ Shock Jockey, and I'm here with Quincy, and we'd like to thank you for listening again. And, yeah, just keep on rocking in Canada. <laughs>
And but that's someone else's line on this radio station. So I'm going to appropriate it for me. Okay. Um, yeah, coming up next, we have the Community Living Show. Indeed so stay tuned. Um, if you live in a community, uh, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See you next week.